What's up? What y'all doing? Yes. Yeah. Everybody have a good uh, holy week. There's some hair on this microphone. Who had it last? Joel. Everybody have a good holy week? Got all holy? Everybody get holy? Yeah. Yeah, amen. Got all holy, started reading your word, praying, devotionals, and playing. You know, it, it was a time to sit back and think about everything that Jesus went through. You know? He did go through a lot. He went through more than most of us would, would endure. In fact, I would venture to say that 99.9% of us would not have lasted through 1% of what he went through. I mean, if you think about it, if the authorities come to arrest you and a friend of yours pulls a knife and cuts the ear off of one of the authorities and you have an opportunity to run, you are probably going to run. Correct? Right? And then, and then you show up and, and, and uh, you're actually in the jailhouse and they're, they're booking you and they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna incarcerate you and put you in the, in the jail. And in that time, they, they, they take this little, these little thorn thorny look at things and they shove it on your head and put all these spikes in your head oh you're gonna freak out and start hollering and saying hey they're abusing me right wait a minute you can't treat me like this i have rights yeah i'm just saying just saying and i mean anybody ever been whipped across your back with a with a whip i didn't think so just just saying yeah, maybe a straight switch across your backside. Yeah, forty lashes. No, mm -mm. just saying. You know, and then of course, you know, anybody got any holes in their hands to prove that they've been or holes in your wrist? However, you know, however you want to say it was done. I'm not going to get technical. And anybody want to talk about that? And no. I mean, I know we got some men in here, and I know we got some man's men up in here but jesus was show enough a man show enough a man to endure what he endured to have the patience to to stick to what he was to stick to and to go through what he went through it's an amazing time but the bible teaches us and tells us i think it's in uh yeah um, that we're supposed to, this is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm not going to talk about it this morning, but I did look it up this, to make sure that it was to, to, that we're, to know that I was talking about. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 tells us that we're always to carry the dying of the Lord Jesus inside us. See, like Easter or Resurrection Sunday is not supposed to just happen once a year. This is something you're supposed to tote with you every day. 365 days a year, constantly. This is not something that we do once a year. This is not something that we're just supposed to remember one week. No, his death, burial, and resurrection and what he did and the sacrifice that he made should be carried within every Christian every single moment of their lives. This do in remembrance of me. Why do we have to remember what he did? Because what he did was so phenomenal that it split time in half. You do realize that. 
that what he did, we now govern our time based on that moment. I mean, it's insane if you think about it. I don't know. I just, I just. Uh... But yet, during all of this stuff and during all this time, our Lord Jesus, who was, who was the lamb that was slayed before time. Y'all do know that Jesus didn't start in Bethlehem, right? I don't have to tell that story, correct? We do know that he started before Bethlehem, like Jesus was in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I'm getting a few heads shaking. Some people know this. Yeah. All right, so just for those of you that don't know, Jesus did not begin in Bethlehem. That was not his first day. Okay, his first day was whenever God said, let there be light, he was there. All right? Whenever he even said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So he saw Satan get kicked out of heaven. All right? So he's been there for a minute. Been around for a while. Okay, so he took all of that, and, and while he was around, he was, like, he was like a big deal in heaven. Jesus is a big deal in heaven. So big deal in heaven leaves big deal in heaven. He leaves all of heaven to come be down here to be, you know, like, like us, which is, I mean, with all due respect, I love all of you, which is not that big a deal, right, in, in, the, in the hierarchy of, of heavenlies, you know. The angels look at us and go, what? Anyway... <laughs> God loves them. Anyway, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting off. So he laid down all that glory. We do realize that during the time that he was being beat, whooped, spit upon, treated like trash, hung on the cross, the point where he even died, the point where he said he wanted to know, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because he lived a perfect life while he was here. We do know that during all of that, he could have called upon every angel that is in heaven at that time to come and release him from the bonds that he was in to wipe out the entire Roman army that was holding him and to knock out all the Jews at the same time. We do realize that. Do we know this? We know these things. That just by simply him opening his mouth, he could have called upon all the power of heaven at one time to make it all stop. We do know this. But he didn't. Why not? Indeed. William Barclay, who is a guy that, that, that does some commentary on the, on the Bible, said, Endurance is not just the ability to bear a hard thing. To endure something is not just the ability to bear a hard thing. But to turn it into a glory. That when you bear this hard thing, when you go through this hard place, you turn it into something good. You turn it into a glory for Him. For God. That's what Jesus did. He did it for us, but, but ultimately, He did it for us because the Father requested it of Him. Father, if there's any other way that this can be done, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not my will, but Your will be done. At the end of the day, Although he loves us, he did it because the Father had commanded it to be done that way. Agreed? If there's any other way this could be done, let's do it. He did it not only because he loved us, not only just because of that, but because it was commanded to be done that way. 
So in the middle of this enduring, in the middle of this endurance, he found, he found the glory in it to glorify the Father. Happy Easter! Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Angel's favoritest chapter. Hebrews chapter 12. Everybody doing good this morning? Yeah. Amen, Greg. Amen. Amen and amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Each and every one of us has a race that's been set before us. We have a purpose here. Go find your purpose and get after it. But to get the purpose done, we have to run the race. There was a movie I watched a long time ago as a kid, and I can't remember the name of the movie, but there was this guy that could run really, 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 really fast, and he had, what was it? Yeah. No, not Forrest Gump. I was a kid. Forrest Gump came out later in life. I'm old. I'm 47. So but I was a kid in the 80s, all right? And there was a guy, he had these shackles on him with, uh, with, with uh, cannonballs attached to him. And he couldn't run real fast, but his legs were really big. And like, so like whenever he would run, he couldn't go really far because he had this, this stuff. But whenever they would take the shackles off, boom, man, he could run faster than the Flash, man. He could just rock and roll and go. I'll, I'll try to figure it out. I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was like some weird British movie. And like the guy that was in it was one of the guys from Monty Python. Anyhow, uh, like Time Bandits or one of those movies like that. This, this goes way back. So anyhow, the point being is that this dude could not really run his full, complete, total speed until they took the shackles off of him. Until the shackles were taken off of him. Y'all with me? So, so it's the same thing in this run in the race as a Christian. For you to fulfill the fulfillment and the fullness of what God has called you to do, you cannot do it unless you lay aside all this mess that's going on in life. I mean, there's sin that easily besets us, it says right there. Right? Isn't that what it says? Let's lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares or besets. Ensnares us. Lay aside every weight and the sin that ensnares us. Why? So we can run. And we have to run with endurance. We have to run and, and, and endure this thing and make this thing work out. But that's not what I want to land on. I'm just, I'm just making a point. Looking unto Jesus, the next voice, verse, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. Now check this out. Who for the joy. This dude got beat, hung on a cross, spit on, treated harshly. I mean, if he, I mean, if this happened in 2023, it would just be a, it would just be terrible. It'd just be horrible. We'd be like, what? Don't do that to that poor man. But back then they were like, oh yeah, crucify him. Hit him again. One more time, man. Seriously. So what's going on here? But for the joy, see, he saw it as a joy to take on what God had called him to do. He saw it as a joy to endure until the end and to present the glory of God in the process of what he was going through. Oh, everybody's looking at me like, man, it's supposed to be like Easter and it's be fun. Who said but endured, who, who was for the joy of what was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Verse 3, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. For consider him. Whenever we're going through trials and tests and tribulations and things in this life, whenever we're trying to run the race that we need to run, I'm just landing here. i got to slow down. You're right, Lord. I need to slow down. They ain't getting it. Life is hard. Living in 2023 is extremely difficult. Living in 2023 as a Christian is even further difficult. Because there are confines on our moral compass that we have to keep aligned to the Word of God and not aligned to the world. And so therefore we have an even more important walk that we have to walk out for our own personal sanity Correct? To where our insides is not fighting with what our outsides are doing. Are y'all with me? So it's a difficult walk that we have to go through. In this difficult walk that we have to go through, we have an example to follow. And his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who also walked the same walk that we did. And he considered it a joy to endure what he endured so that he could glorify God in his endurance. Are y'all with me? Are y'all following me here? It's kind of heavy, isn't it? It's kind of heavy. Man, I should have brought some Easter eggs. If I'd have brought Easter eggs with stickers in them, y'all would be like, oh, I got stickers. So what do we need to do? We need to go to Hebrews chapter 10 is what we need to do. I'm going to fly through, y'all. Shoot. If you didn't bring your Bible, you got to look up here. Verse 35. So therefore, do not cast away your confidence which has great reward. For you have need of what? Endurance. It's also defined as patience in the King James Version. So that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. The endurance word here actually 100% does mean patience, but it also means waiting. So Greg, well wait a minute. You've always said that waiting is not... Wished you'd hurry up. We ain't got no, you know. Somebody got to cook a cheeseburger here in a minute. This waiting is just like, and I've said it before, is just like if you go, how many of y'all go in a restaurant when you leave here to have your Easter dinner? Anybody going to a restaurant? Got some Beckworths over here. No, yep, yep, Sorrels. Anybody else going to a restaurant? Has anybody ever been to a restaurant? Okay, good. All right, now I got the, I got the right people in the room. Okay, when you got to the restaurant, do you remember the person that came up and asked you what you wanted to drink? What do we call them? The waiter or the waitress or server, which also works. So those who wait are those who serve. And so the servers are the waiters. The waiters are the servers. And those people that endure are the people that are serving or waiting upon the Lord. And the way that you serve and wait upon the Lord is by looking unto Him, keeping in mind that yes, this that I'm going through ain't a whole lot of fun, but I'm toting around inside of me the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. And guess what? I can remember that this is okay. 
because what I'm going through ain't quite so bad because they ain't eating me. You know, they can't eat me. I mean, my daddy said, oh, they can't eat you, boy. You know, they can't. I mean, I guess they could, but it would be weird, you know? It'd be strange if somebody just, like, put, put a stake in me and started spinning me over like a rotisserie. You know, let's cut off a little Greg. Y'all ever been in those restaurants where they bring you the meat on the steak and cut it off? Not, never mind. I guess not. They got a little thing. You turn red and green. The Brazilian steakhouse. Yes, go to a Brazilian steakhouse. You come out fat as a tick, boy. Tell you. Yeah, meat sweats. Y'all follow me here? So I'm trying to take everything and squeeze it in because we're trying to get out of here. I mean, it's Easter. We got places to go, you know? We ain't got time to sit here and listen to this. Yeah. So do we all agree that there is an endurance in something that we, we have to endure? Can I at least say that? Did I, did I lay that foundation a little bit before I get into what I really want to get into? Do we all agree that the Christian walk is not necessarily rainbows and butterflies and unicorns at all times? Do we all agree that we live in a world where the enemy is constantly putting pressure on us to try to get us to do other things that we're not supposed to be doing? Okay. So now let's get into what I have to talk about this morning with the seven minutes I got left. I got it. I'm all over it. Let's go to Mark chapter 4, verse 35. It's a great little story. Y'all all probably know it. On the same day when evening had come, he, that's Jesus, said to them, which is the disciples, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boats that it was already filling but he, talking about Jesus, was in the stern, which is the back of the boat for those that are non-nautical. I thought that was a great word, non-nautical. However, nobody else did. That went about as flat as Paul's tire three or four Sundays ago. Uh, he's not here to protect himself. I can, yeah. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, yeah. But he, talking about Jesus, was in the stern, the back of the boat, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And I'm sure they were a little bit more animated than the way I just read it. Like, I don't feel like this is story time, but if you want me to make it story time, I can. Back it up. But he was a stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? Is that better? Y'all liked it better, didn't you? Okay. And then he arose. And rebuked the wind and the sea, saying, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be 
that even the wind and the sea obey him. This is a story that we've all heard several times before, I'm sure. So let's kind of build the picture around this thing. I know that the animation helped a little bit. Jesus and the disciples are going to go over to the other side of whatever sea they were looking at. and I think it was Galilee. They're going to go to the other side of the sea. And Jesus looks out upon the sea and says, let's go over to the other side. What's happened at that point is that whom I was talking about earlier, the lamb that was slain before time began, the line of the tribe of Judah, the Alpha and the Omega, the Master, King of kings, Lord of lords, Prince of peace, spoke and said, let us go to the other side. It was as if God himself had spoken. You do realize that whenever Jesus showed up on the earth, although he came as a man, he was still God in a man. He was anointed by the Holy Ghost to speak. And when he spoke, it was as if God was speaking. Y'all with me? So as he said that, that was the word of God of what was going to happen. Let us go to the other side. Boom. End of story. So the disciples and all these other people, they had two or, two or three other boats with them. They all loaded up in the boats and started heading out. Now I'm sure Jesus was tired because although he was all that that I just said, he was still in a man's body. And we all get tired, don't we? How many of y'all slept late yesterday besides me? There you go, Jody. That's what I'm talking about. It was good, wasn't it? Dang. So he's tired. So he goes and he lays down on the pillow in the back. This storm shows up because they didn't have Apple phones back then. They didn't know Apple weather that there was a storm going to be coming. I mean, you kind of look on the horizon and figure it out. But they didn't have the phone. Y'all with me? Things were different back then. Okay, so they're going across and the storm comes up. When the storm comes up, it starts rocking the boat and there's big waves, big enough for the water to start getting into the boat. At this moment, the disciples are getting freaked out. Okay, the reason why they're getting freaked out is because the boat is going to sink and clearly not all of them knew how to swim. There were some of them that didn't know how to swim. Now, Peter, we know how to, knew how to swim because he'd been a fisherman his whole life. He didn't know how to swim. He was in the wrong profession. So I'm sure Peter was like, all right, dudes, it's going to be okay. Like, if he goes there, like, I, I carry maybe two of you, you know? And, you know, James was, was probably, he was like, man, I can get a couple. You know, I mean, you know, they're trying to sort the thing out. But they're all freaking out because the storm's coming and don't nobody want to die, okay? Because that's what's happening here. Anytime we freak out and get scared, it's because you don't want to die. Like, most people are like, I'm not afraid of dying. Well, are you afraid of heights? Well, yeah. Well, then you're afraid of dying. That's why you're scared of heights. Well, I'm not afraid of dying. Are you afraid of spiders? Well, yeah. Okay, well, then you're afraid of dying. That's what it is at the end of the day. Anything that scares you is because you're afraid it's going to kill you. That's it. Right? So at the end of the day, we're all scared to die. Don't nobody want to. <laughs> Chris. So they're all in the boat, and they're scared and afraid, and Jesus gets up after they wake him up from sleeping in the back of the boat, and he tells the storm to stop, and it stops. An amazing show of power and strength 
cosmic power, supernatural strength, just this mighty, powerful man steps out on the edge of this boat, stretches forth his hand and says to the wind and to the waves, stop, peace be still. And the storm stops and there is stillness and calm. That's what the Bible says. And then he turns around and looks at the disciples and asks them where their faith was. What was he doing before he got up and spoke to the storm? He was asleep on that daggum pillow acting like nothing was going on. Now let me ask you this. What's more faithy faith of the faith? Standing up and telling the storm to stop or in the back of the boat asleep on a pillow acting like it ain't even there? Which one's the more faithy faith of the faith? Jesus asked them, where's your faith at? They had to wake the dude up. He was sleeping. He was resting. He was enduring by having patience. Resting. Because he had said, we're going over there. Hebrews chapter 4. Golly, I hope y'all get this. If you don't, then I'm going to go home and I ain't never talking again. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 4. Come on. Verse 9. Golly, I'm going to throw my glasses across the room. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9. Look at this. There remains therefore. Now Hebrews is talking about, let me me set this up so y'all don't, well there's a therefore there, Greg. Okay, the therefore is because he's been talking about the children of Israel and how they did not enter into God's rest. They did not enter into his rest. Y'all do realize that on the first day, God said, let there be light, and there was, right? And then on the second day, and then on the third day, what did he do on the seventh day? He rested. What do we call that day? The Sabbath. What day of the week is that? Thank you. Y'all have all been taught so well in your Sunday school classes. I am here to tell you that the Sabbath is not necessarily a day of the week. The Sabbath is a mindset that you have, that you enter into when you hear the promises of God because God is still sitting in His Sabbath right now and wants you to join Him in His Sabbath. There There remains, therefore, right now, a rest. This word rest is what? Sabbath. It's Sabbath. Not only in the Greek, which this was originally written in Greek, the Greek word finds its root in the Hebrew word that means Sabbath. The same one that they used in Exodus when they said keep the Sabbath and make it holy. It's the same exact word. It's not a day of the week. It's not a day of the week. It is a mindset that you take on. When you hear a promise from God, you step into the Sabbath. You live and you breathe and you you rest in that Sabbath. There remains therefore now a rest, the Sabbath for the people of God. Verse 10, come on. Y'all ain't getting it, but it's okay. For he who has entered into his Sabbath has himself also ceased from his work like God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter in that Sabbath. 
diligent to enter into the Sabbath, working to get into the Sabbath, trying my best to stay on that pillow in the back of the boat. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to hold on with endurance. Why? Because as I endure and as I go through the things of life and I sit there and I hold on to the promises of God and I keep the promises of God and I trust Him and I know that He's going to do what He's going to do, I bring glory to Him as I'm resting in His Sabbath. My kids are back there laughing because they're scared I'm going to have a heart attack. There is a Sabbath that remains for all of us right now today. Yes, Resurrection Sunday. Yes, it's Easter time. Enter into the rest that he gave you. He took a beating that we don't understand so that you can rest in the back of the boat while all the storms of life are going on and all this mess is happening in this world and our whole country seems to be falling apart. You can rest on his promises knowing that he will do everything that he said he would do. Rest in the back of the boat. I'm breathing, kids. I'm all right. I'm breathing. Getting there. That's why Jesus saw it as a joy going to the cross. It was a time of rest. It was a time of honoring the Sabbath. It was a time of bringing glory to God. It was a time where, yes, he could have opened his mouth and brought all of heaven down to change every, every bit of the situation. However, God had spoken that he was going to be the lamb that was slain. That he was going to be the one to take the whooping and the beating so that we don't have to. So he went ahead and he went through that joy and he rested in that Sabbath and endured that thing to bring glory to God. And now all we simply have to do is grab a hold to a promise and rest on that thing and lay down on that pillow in the back of the boat and bring glory to God in our resting. Don't get me wrong. It's a do something message. You just got to be careful of the something you're doing. Watch the something you're doing. Amen? Amen. Who I'm doing? <laughs> Y'all just sitting at me looking at me funny, so I'm going to quit. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to say something else. I ain't going to quit. Somebody stick a fork in him, see if he's done. This word rest, that means Sabbath? Check this out. Sabbatismo. I love saying it just because it's got mo at the end. It is the repose of Christianity. The repose of Christianity. What is repose, Greg? It is a state of rest, sleep, or tranquility. You looking for peace? You trying to find peace in your life? You'll find it in the Word. I said earlier in that scripture, earlier whenever we got started in uh, Hebrews chapter 12, I believe it was, it says, for consider Him. Consider Him. Jesus was with God. He was God. And the Bible says that He was the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. Consider the Word. If you want to find your repose. As a Christian, if you want to find your tranquility, if you would like to find your rest, if you would like to know where your peace belongs and is, 
It is in his word. So don't be looking for the Sabbath on Sunday. The Sabbath is right here. That's where your rest is. Seek out the Sabbath, y'all. Make it holy. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. <laughs> Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Woo!